Welcome to Voices on Aging. I'm Jane Muzzard, Chief Executive of Coder SA. Finding things to do that are fun, that keep us moving, that use our brains and that keep us in touch with others are very important at every age, including as we get older. In Voices on Aging, we introduce you to people sharing their personal stories and their experiences as they build connections at different points in their lives. Over this series, we'll hear from guests about how they've connected with life and their community, how they've overcome challenges, and what helped them succeed. If you or someone you know is feeling stuck or disconnected, or you're looking for some inspiration, then this is the podcast for you. Coder SA is an older people's movement. Our purpose is to promote the rights, interests and futures of South Australians as we age. Find out more by calling us on 8232 or having a look at our website, coderessa.org.au. In episode two, Colin shares his experience of moving into a retirement village. Colin explains his move helped increase his social activities and his connections. COVID-19 has limited some of those activities, but with Coder SA, social connections, his local council and Meals on Wheels, he continues to proactively seek community connections and friendships. Well, thank you for joining us on the microphone. We're going to just have a little bit of a chat about your journey and your life and some of the experiences throughout it. And we wanted to start, if you could share with us some memorable life moments. Now, obviously you're 91 years young, so you've got a few memorable life moments, I'm sure. Yes, I have. <laughs> so you've got some stories. You're going to take us back before you were born. I'll go back to 1922, about Dad's arrival from South Africa to Adelaide, and he got off the boat here, and they said... We have not much work, sir, but we do have a work with some camels up in the mid-north. He said, I'll take it. Yes, yeah, so that's the beginning of the story. But I was born in Peterborough, South Australia. We lived in Peterborough for a short time, but then we moved to Gladstone down, down the track, a few railway lines down. And then from, from Gladstone, we moved to Norwood, South Australia, where we got a, a state bank house or something like that. And things were not too good in those days. We're coming out of the Depression. So in 1936, an uncle called from Portland, Victoria. He said, we got a house for you down there in Portland, Victoria. When we got to Mount Gambia about half past nine in the morning, father said, don't worry, you and your mother can go on the bus to Portland and I'll ride the bike to Portland. That would be 70 miles. And so he didn't get to Portland till about nearly nine o'clock at night that day. And then as you grew up, you started working and then you've had a family along the way. Is that right too? Uh, oh, yes, yes. So uh, I started work at 14 at, 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 in, in, in Black Rock, Victoria, and uh, they, they had a notice in the window said, smart lad wanted apply within. And he said, when can you start? I said, Monday. And so I delivered groceries on the bicycle, on the baker's basket. And in those days, there was time to talk. The head grocer there would talk to the customer for 10 minutes. And then then he would say, well, what would you like this morning? 
cornflakes, apricot jam, whatever goes, because we didn't have self-service grocery in those days. So I was there for three and a half years, and then I went to Lincoln Mills, putting belts on machines. I did get a job in the railways, in the Victorian railways, and, and so I was there for 11 and a half years. After I came out of the railways, I went into the supermarkets. There's three different supermarkets. And so I enjoyed that very much, then went across to Adelaide and I met my friend uh, over there in Adelaide and uh, we married six months later. And so you've got a son and a daughter, is that right? Yes, so we had two children and uh, they're in good stead. I've got a son and a daughter, and I see the son on every Sunday. And so the family connections, is that an important part of you? Yes, I, the people I know, I ring them up, and, and I, I, I rang two Melbourne numbers this morning. I think they've got to gone out to, to meet people. So they, they would have been uh, taking after me, I think, you know, re- re- relying on social contacts. Yeah. And you, you made the comment before that, Back when you were working in the grocery store, people had more time for conversation. Do you find now that perhaps people don't have as much time for conversation? Uh, Yes, I found they're quite friendly. But what they do, they say, good morning, good afternoon, how are you? And then then they're on their way. But when it comes to being conversational, I think we need more of that to come around in, in, in our daily life because it's needed. It's something to do with our health too. And I was reading yesterday that they had a, a lot of lonely people in, living in, in, over in New South Wales in, in the 12 months' time. But we found out in, in South Australia, 58% of the people here were, were quite lonely, and, but they didn't show it all the time. Is that something you feel sometimes, loneliness? Uh, not anymore. But, but I have my quiet days. I have those quiet days. Mm. And you say not anymore. So before uh, not you anymore, had, because I've joined a club, mm-hmm. uh, but but since I came here into, into the uh, a retired place where I'm independent at the moment with my own building. And so for you, living independently and maintaining your independence is that very important to you? That, that's important, and we keep up with that. It's a new opening for me. To, to come in, in into the 90s and look after myself by myself so far. And so I'm, I'm managing that. And I like to be friendly with everyone I see. I, I have um, Pat and Francis and Mel and myself. And Mel, Mel's got a wife. He lives with him there. And um, we get on well together there. I had a little bit of coughing last night, so he bought, bought me in a cough lolly. <laughs> yeah. When I sit out in the sun every day, I go out twice a day for a bit of sunshine. Pat, she could come out and talk to you for nearly half an hour with no trouble at all. But uh, I think it build, build, builds up a bit of self-confidence, you know. And then I've got a son who, who's uh, got some anxiety problems, So, but I make sure I see him every week and, and, and buy him a lunch when I can, which is good. But I think conversation is, is a foreign word. I think we, we, we've got to come back to that word. Mm, I agree. So what have you done then to sort of bring that back? You oh, know? what have I done? Yes. Well, I, I've joined a group up here 
uh, on just in north of Adelaide here, uh, which is I found thirteen men there, and we went to Osborne House last week. What, what is the name of that group again? A uh, bunch of blokes. Bunch of blokes. <laughs> uh, the council here are doing a wonderful job getting these men together. They're going out of their way. They're doing so much good. So far, I'm getting into it and meeting a few locals there. When we went out there a week ago, we we sat down to a lunch in Osborne House. We enjoyed that one very much. They got supply the taxis so far and and supply food when we get up there, and 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 then since it's in a good camaraderie when you get in there. And, and so there's three of us there going going up in the one taxi. But what is taking up most of my time is writing. And I write to people, my sister, two sisters, I write to them. One's in Canberra and, and one's in Templestone, Victoria. I feel like I'm going places when I write them. So, so let that go across. <laughs> yeah. And and it's interesting. You mentioned you'd been reading, you know, in the last 12 months, a lot of loneliness in New South Wales. And I assume that article had association with COVID-19, you know, and it's been a strange couple of years, hasn't it? And very hard to grapple that one because I didn't say too much about that because uh, I found myself, I'll tell you what, I used to go to one place there and buy these hot apple pies and bring them back on the scooter, which I now use. And if there's somebody sitting outside of that retirement block, I'd give them one. And then another lady in, in the same block in next door, in independent living on where I am, I'd give her one too, you see. So that was part of coming together in a, in a social way because you need that social cause. It has a lot to do with your health. So but did have you found yourself that COVID has had an impact on you and your ability to connect socially? Uh, yes, I have, and that, that's where it, I get a lot of broken time and I can't do things. But you also need that, that uh, connection with, in the, with, the, with the outside world. But I do a lot of writing of letters and I've been doing that for years. I'm getting getting by. And so for you, living independently and maintaining your independence, is that very important to you? Uh, th- that's important and we keep up with that. But I-, I tell you what, when the ambulance came to pick me up uh, and they said, this is very strange for somebody in the 90s to be living alone. So far I'm, I'm, I'm managing, I'm doing things. And so what I do now, I go to the shops Three times a week that helps to it helps to keep the that, that closeness what do you call it a, a, a balance. The coffee shop now has moved into a bigger one now, so the people are more spread out. So you don't say everything to them. You have to be careful who you talk to. But what I do have been saying in the last few days that the ninety nine percent of the people are very friendly. That's what I have to say. But you'll get the one or two people who you've got to be careful what just talk about. Mm. And so when you got to the point where you needed to move into the retirement village, so you've got an independent unit there, that transition, how is that transition for you? Yes, that, that went all right. Moved in there in 2012 and my daughter said, you better go and get a scooter. 
And she said, we'll go get one now while we're here. <laughs> yeah. So we, we bought a second-hand scooter, the same one that's been used for nearly eight and a half years now, that scooter, and I'm looking after it. But I did have a Morris Minor car when I first came to Adelaide in the 1960, 63, 64, I think, about that time. Mm. Do, do you miss your Morris? Not quite now because I've got the scooter, yeah. But I can I can go from here to Churchill Road or that and, and back again and, and it, it does quite well. Mm. And it's interesting because, you know, I have heard some people do feel afraid of making that transition or certainly uncertain. But for you it's been a very positive experience. Well, I, I also looked at the cost of staying in one place. The new fences and new new gutterings would be needed in a few years' time. And I thought, well, I can move. My daughter found this one place, place for me at medium cost, and I thought, oh, I'll take that one. And so on, on the, on, in, in 2012 I moved in, into the new, new place. Mm. It's interesting because you've obviously taken these steps to maintain your independence. So the scooter allows you to get around, be mobile, be engaged in the community, and that's part of, you know, enabling you to stay living in the retirement village in an independent living arrangement. Well, that's a talking point because if you pull the scooter up and you're not in a hurry, uh, you go down the shops there and you go into the supermarket and you come out. But sometimes I'm too much in a hurry. But I but always go to patronise this coffee place. It's just quite good. But uh, if, you, if you're sitting outside, you get a few chatters. And, and, but uh, what is it annoying? You get people coming down with their mobile phones. I, I don't know what they do. It's a, it's a different world. <laughs> just as well I'm not a Martian. <laughs> so have you seen a few things change over the years? Uh, yes, I have. The, 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 the change was quite good because when I was, living in, I was living in West Croydon at the time, the prices were going up and so I, I bought the unit over here after so many years. But uh, I think I started my art down there in Kilkenny, Kilkenny in 1987. But, uh, but I was, the, the art classes I went to were at Kilkenny, Port Adelaide and Westlakes. Westlakes had a council place at Westlakes there and so I went there where we had a group of ladies when we could all talk together there. And two of them were doing artwork and, and the other five were doing ch- chatting, which was quite good. Mm. I, I had been doing mu- mural work over the years up to, to 19... The, the council there gave us a house to prepare that mural. It took, I think it must have been two and a half months' work on that mural. That's in Kilkenny. Yeah. Everybody should have an activity or a talent. A talent is really needed. But also, when my daughter went to Kangaroo Island and she bought back some photos, I said, I'm going to do those, I'm going to paint them, the Kangaroo Island pictures. And so I've got, I've got it worked out there. But somebody said yesterday... Well, two days ago, the cleaners came and, and they said, well, what do you do with the pictures? Do you sell them? I said, no, I, I mainly paint them now and give them away. Well, it's good. So it's obviously something you're very passionate about. Uh, uh, what I'm passionate about, uh, a method of, of writing letter books uh, because I think they, they're, they're getting places. But I've got the, got the feeling that's, that one or two in the family 
might be a little bit envious with what you do for your age because people who are not getting up into the 80 mark, that they they look look upon you and say, oh, I wish I could do that, but uh, but I, I don't worry too much about that, what, what people say. We, we wouldn't even know. And what is it that you think enables you to do, you know, to live independently at 91, to do these things? Uh, What's your secret? Well, it's a new opening for me to, to come in, in, into the 90s and look after myself by myself so far. And so I'm, I'm managing that. I, I can get, a, get around on that scooter. So what do you think it is? Like, as you say, a lot of people will be younger and not necessarily have as much independence as you do. How do you think you've achieved uh, that? No, 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 they see a different world out there. They don't see your same world. They, they, they think, oh, you're an old person, you wouldn't know much. But uh, I tell you what, there's older people who are leading the younger ones in, in this world. And it's an interesting point you make that people might underestimate older people, you know, may not value the contribution that could be made. What would you say to that? Uh, it's more so now because they're working fast, harder work, and some of them are working longer hours, but they still got to, they've, got to, got to, they've got to come back to ordinary people. So we, we, you didn't really tell me what's your secret. How have you managed to maintain independent living? Well, I, I looked on one sentence of some biblical saying, put first things first. And every day, everything's different. When you get out in the morning, you can't hear the rain coming down, you can't see the sun shining, you walk outside and you see the sun come out. So is it really then you just take every day? I do that often because I get things done. That's that's another thing, getting things done. That was my motto. And and I didn't say, but I, I had the, the, the happy hour. I had that for eight years up to, until the till the virus came around. And the, that was in the main block. I had the, I had the happy hour and two ladies give me a hand with that one. Ah, so you organised happy hour, did you? I, I organised. I, I, I continued with what the fella said when, when he'd passed on. So I came, I took over from a lady there who was doing a good job. Mm. And that was a really good social activity? That, 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 was, that was something that was helped me along and, and I, then I, I'd do the quizzes. I'd, the quizzes were too hard, so I'd made them easier. But unfortunately that had to stop because of COVID? Is that, is that what happened? Uh, the, the happy hour stopped early last year. That, that would have been in March last year. Mm. Uh, so Was that during lockdown? That that was a time of the lockdown, yeah, that's right. Did you think moving into the independent living gave you an opportunity, so, for example, with running the happy hour and the quiz, to do some things that were more social than you had Uh, been living by yourself? Well, I've always been there, even when I had the happy hour, I used to come over there and, and, and help them with that one. But at the moment, my job on the first Sunday of the month was to read loudly. A little bit of scripture, and and we had about twelve people come to that one. That that, that that's once a month now. So that and that's at the retirement village. That's in the, in the retirement. But but on that day we were allowed to have some food. We were for the first time. Mm. Yeah. So we had some biscuits and an afternoon tea. Mm. So that that was. And so you are doing lots of different things. So uh, this is uh, uh, overdosed is the word. <laughs> overdosed. <laughs> So if you had advice to other people 
who are moving on to into their older ages. What advice would you give to other older South Australians? I tell my brother that I take risks. There's some people there, they fear everything. That's not good. When I was in church one morning and, and I had a stroke and I was, I was playing the, the, the flute and, and I, I knew I was having a stroke, so I, I got right through the whole hour with, with keeping up with the, with the music and the flute and, and then uh, one of the men said, you're coming for coffee. I said, no, ring for an ambulance. And they took me into Queen Elizabeth Hospital. By 11 o'clock, they cleared the blockage, which was a stroke. It was a, a, a small stroke. But you weren't going to let it get in the way of your flute playing? Uh, no, no. Well, you've definitely had lots of adventures. Thanks for sharing them with us, Colin. Thanks for listening to Colin's story. Throughout his life, Colin has had interests that have kept him connected with community. One of his most memorable was painting a mural with school groups in the 1990s. In the retirement village he lives in, Colin organises social events and makes a point of having a routine. He regularly meets with people to chat. When COVID stopped social activities in his village, Colin asked Coda Social Connections for ideas. As a result, he is linked with Bunch of Blokes, a men's social group run by the City of Port Adelaide Anfield. Importantly for Colin, this comes with transport, which has been tough for him, and it is all about having a chat. We recommend contacting your local council to see what is available in your area. Thanks for listening to the Coder SA podcast, Voices on Ageing. Links to the resources mentioned in today's episode are included in the show notes. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you can catch every episode. Visit us at www.coterasa.org.au where you can browse our information, services and events and get involved with us. Voices on Ageing is produced by Narrative Marketing. We acknowledge the funding for this project from the Australian Government through the Adelaide Primary Health Network. I also want to acknowledge Coder SA's own Rachel Telfer who put this series together and I acknowledge that Voices on Ageing was recorded on Ghana lands. Music